Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Friday morning, August, oh no, August, September, it's September now, Friday Morgan, Friday, Friday Morgan, Friday morning, it is Friday morning, September 7th, September 8th, yeah, September 8th, at exactly 10 a.m. Eastern Time. How's it going everybody, how you doing? Hope everybody out there is holding up pretty good. It's a great day here in, in the bluegrass state. Sun shining, not a cloud in the sky. It's just a, just just blue skies. That's it. And it's a, it's a great feeling. It's going to be a great day. At least I think it is. Sure as hell hope it is. Woo! But anyway. Let's go ahead and let's dive right in. First off, starting out, recap from last night. Game one, week one, NFL season. A shocker has befallen us. The Chiefs beat the Patriots like a damn drum. <laughs> the Chiefs beat the Patriots like a Cherokee drum. Oh my God. How great is that? For is it? I think it was like 42 to 24. Oh man, they got thumped last night, man. They literally the only bad thing that came out of that game last night was the fact that I had the Patriots defense in my fantasy league and they like got me like one point. Oh, I was so pissed. Such a bad way to start the season off. They were projected to net like nine or ten points last night they rope in one point so now i'm projected to lose my first fantasy game of the season but you never know game one of the season plenty of time left plenty of time to shake it up nobody drafted alex smith in our in our league and he drops 31 points last night Granted, that's pretty unheard of, but Alex Smith is a really good quarterback. I've mentioned this before when I did my talks about Colin Kaepernick. Alex Smith is really good, really underrated guy, and, I mean, he showed it last night. You know? I mean, that's what he's capable of. That's why the 49ers never should have got rid of him. They should have just tried to build a team around him, and when Jim Harbaugh was there, they should have just worked it out. They should have dropped him. Because they 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 just shocked the Patriots. Nobody was nobody was expecting the Patriots to win or to lose that game. I'm not saying that the Chiefs aren't good because they most certainly are a good team. I mean, they get like ten wins every single season, so they've definitely got it in them to go deep every single year. But you know, nobody expected that the Patriots to be coming off coming off of a huge Super Bowl uh, season, a big win like that with the way that they won the Super Bowl, coming back in, nobody suspended uh or wait, hold on. Was Tom Brady suspended this year? No. Ezekiel Elliott is suspended. Tom Brady's back. Uh that sounds right. Tom Brady and nobody's suspended. Everybody's coming out swinging, firing on all cylinders, and they get shut down like that. I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure I read, I heard the stat correctly. That's the first game that Tom Brady has ever lost when the Patriots were winning at the half. They were up 10-7, and their de the Patriots' defense just quit playing. They just didn't show up. Because, uh, I mean, the Chiefs' defense, they maintained. They played great the whole time. 
I mean, they held them. Like I said, 10 points in the uh, first half. They only allowed 14 points in the second half. For the most part, I would say that they maintained their – they had a level play the entire game. The Patriots' defense just quit playing. They just didn't show up. And um, clearly the Chiefs' defense came to play. Like I said, they maintained the entire time. They let Tom Brady and the Patriots get theirs. They let them get their points, but still – I was it was a it was a, it's a great that's a great way to open the season a shock, shocking win like that and what's perfect the Patriots lose their first game of the season and the Steelers play the Browns game one so you might as well chalk that one up as a win today the Steelers could not show up to play the Browns and they'd still win I mean God the Browns are that bad so I it's I, it's it's a it's a great week one for football ladies and gentlemen that's what I that's all I can say. But I'm I'm super excited that this season has gotten kicked off either way. You know, like I said, I mentioned my fantasy league that I've got going on here today, and um, or that we've got going on this season, and I feel pretty good about my seat about my team so far. You know, I've got I've got really good players. You know, my fantasy league it was a really weird draft. We we did Yahoo. I usually only do fan fantasy league through ESPN. Um, I, and I don't really know why, because I know that NFL's fantasy is good, and I know that Yahoo's fantasy is good, but I just never have used it before. Um, but this year we're doing Yahoo, and I did pretty good. You know, our guys, some of our guys in our league, it's only an eight-team league, but and some of the guys did have some issues, some problems. But I think that it turned out really well, you know, regardless of that. Um. I got uh, my first pick because traditionally the way that everything has has been changed, the way that it's the, the we've switched gears for fantasy. Traditionally, the way that you draft is you get your running backs and your defense first. Um, because because for your teams, if you've got a good offensive team, like let's just say let's say you've got a bad offensive team and your your team only has your running back. That means your running back is going to get fed the ball. They're going to soak up all the points no matter how the rest of the team does because they're, that's, the, that's the whole offense of the team is the running game. And if you've got a good team, if you've got a good offensive team, if you've got a good QB or if you've got good receivers, then they have the opportunity for your, for your running back to net huge points because they can use the, uh, they can use the uh, wide receivers in your quarterback to spread out the field and to stretch the defense out, and so they can use them to 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 you know weaken up that the defense, and your running back can exploit it, and they get in there and they net big points for you. Or maybe you're throwing quarterback or your receivers are having a bad day, and so your running back is all they've got for that week. You know it just it's a it's a good move. It makes sense. And then the other move is, you know, like I said, your defense. You want to get running backs in your defense uh, early in the early in the draft, because same thing with your running back. Your defense—that's a whole other side of the ball that you've got to play. Your defense can be huge, so it it can be guaranteed points for you. So no matter what. Now, like I said, I had the Patriots defense last year. The Patriots had an insane defense. It was one of the best defenses in the league, you know, hands down. So I picked them. Last night they played terrible, let the Chiefs run all over them. I'm hoping that's a fluke and uh, that Bill Belichick gets them back in order. 
you know, um, if it comes to them playing the Patriot, playing the Steelers, I want the Patriots defense to be terrible. I'm willing to take a fantasy loss so the Steelers can get the win. I'm willing to sacrifice that. I don't give a damn. So, so uh, any other time, I want them to play good. But, you know, uh, last night they played like dog shit, you know, whatever it is what it is. I also happen to have the Seahawks defense as my backup. And the Seahawks offense has not really been able to produce much lately, but their defense has all, has been consistently good for a few years now, for probably five years. They, their defense has been consistently good. So, I mean, Cam Chancellor is one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, Richard Sherman, I don't really think he's as good as he thinks he is, but he still is good. He's still a good corner, and so I, I'll give him his due. He's 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 a good player, and uh, and he's he's an intelligent. He's an intelligent player. He's a smart guy. So, you know, um, I'm I'm confident those are really those are two really good choices for defense. I think they'll show up for me down the stretch. Really, the only reason I even picked the Seahawks, um, because some people may say, well, you've got two high potentially high power defenses. So what are you gonna do? You know, in your weeks, and I'm just gonna cycle them out. Projected points. Whoever's, you know, depending on what team that they play based on what I know about that offense and based on how they're projected to do, I'm just going to go on who's who I think is going to do better. And then, of course, I've got them for bye weeks because they're not going to be on a bye the same week. So I'll just cycle them out for those bye weeks. That way I'm guaranteed to get my big points. And that's really it. And then, you know, as, a, as I couldn't believe that nobody picked him up sooner, I got Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. And last year, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great season. But I'm thinking this year he gets back to his old moves. You know, really the only problem with drafting Aaron Rodgers is the fact that um, the Packers and Mike McCarthy, they sort of have a, like most franchises, they sort of got a system for what they do that's their offense. But theirs is like patented, it can't really bend or break, this is what works for us and this is what we've got to do. You know, they're, they pretty much solely rely on, on their air game. But the good thing is, like I said, last season wasn't really a great year for Aaron Rodgers. But my thing is, hopefully they come back this year. Everybody's healthy. They'll have Randall Cobb back. And it'll be, it'll be you know, big things for them, you know, for, for this season. And, uh, and I'm, I really hope so. I don't expect them to do much as a team just because they're not really a complete team. Their defense isn't really there. Um, but hopefully Aaron Rodgers is going to make some good connections this year and get me some big points. Um, I've got Odell Beckham Jr. as, a, uh, as my star wide receiver. And I feel really comfortable with that, uh, just because it's Odell Beckham Jr. You can really always count on him to get points. He only had a few bad games last year. Um, I am a little worried about him early in this season because he did su uh, suffer an ankle injury in the preseason. So I'm a little worried about him early on because I don't know if they're going to play him a whole lot. I hope they do, but you never know. So... We'll see how that shakes out for him, but I still feel really good with him, with him out there. Um, I think that he'll be able to perform really well. The Eli Manning is really good about you. They can use him for short yardage as well as the occasional deep ball, 
but he's really good for short yardage and he's really good at he's really good at forcing the opening so that he can get those those breaking plays because he's good for the short pass long run that's sort of where he makes his 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 points now he's he's a good spectacular catch player you can't argue with it that's what made his name is those those deep throws he's jumping up with one hand making the spectacular grab over the corner over the safety um you know for for big yards but where he's really good, where people don't recognize him, is he's good at those short yardage plays where he can be explosive and he can put that extra move on that corner to get separation and then get extra yards after the catch. That's where he's going to be big for me, I think, this season. And, of course, they can use him down the line. Um, you know, once it gets later on in the season, he'll be really good for those deep runs for uh you know for for touchdown grabs and stuff like that he'll be big for that and and that's that's going to help me out a lot and i've got michael crabtree um as a second receiver uh, as not a backup but just a secondary guy to have out there and i've got a i've, I've got a lot of flack a good a praise and flack really either way for getting michael crabtree um you know amari cooper is really the star for the star receiver for the um for the the Raiders, but Michael Crabtree is the veteran receiver. Um, really, not just because he's been the, with the team for a long time, but because he's literally just the older guy. And so I'm thinking his age and experience is going to help him and not hurt him as much as people are thinking. Because a lot of people are saying that Michael Crabtree is on the way out. You know, his his knees and ankles are going to be going soon. You know, because he is he he is older. But I, I think he's got a couple of years left in him, and I'm banking on him having a couple of years left in him because uh, I, I really want him. I hope he shows up for me this season. Um, and as a tight end, I got Greg Olson, which I think was a, was a great pick. Um, at the time when I was going to pick Greg Olson, Gronk was still left, and I was going to go with Rob Gronkowski. as like, oh, my God, I can't believe nobody's picked Rob Gronkowski yet. I'm going to run away with it. But... I'm going to say that this is a blessing in disguise, in all honesty, that no, that, that Gronk was gone and that I was able to see Greg Olson. Because Greg Olson is a huge weapon for Cam Newton. A huge weapon for Cam Newton. As long as he can stay healthy, keep himself from getting hurt or getting a concussion, he's going to pay off huge for me. Because Cam Newton looks at him a lot for touches throughout the season. I mean, a lot. But, you know, we'll see. I will have to wait. I'm rolling the dice, waiting to see how week one plays out. But I think that it's my best bet to really judge the rest of the year and see how things are going. I know the rest of the guys in my league are not, they're not dumb enough to not play the waiver wire. Um, But I'm hoping that people will feel confident enough with their picks to not play it to the extent that they're, that Alex Smith and Carson Palmer are going to be gone. I'm hoping that they'll go for other big big names like Tyrod Taylor and some of the other Carson Wentz, some of the other guys that are left. You know, last year the Patri- or not the Patriots, but the um, last year the the Steelers played uh, Philadelphia and made Carson Wentz look like an all star god. I mean, it made him look amazing. And so I'm hoping that you know maybe guys like that will will keep their points elevated and inflated so that 
the light doesn't shine too bright on Alex Smith or Carson Palmer. But they're two consistent guys. They're both. They're probably going to average 15 points a game this season, so you could they can trust them. And um, everybody has a big game where they will go off and they'll get huge, huge numbers. Everybody does. So I'm just hoping that you know it doesn't happen early on and nobody takes them. That's what I'm banking on. And I'm also banking on me being able to play them right, so that I can get them when they get those huge games. Um, I, I am a little disappointed in myself that I didn't draft Ben Roethlisberger because he would have been a really solid pick for me because all of his weapons are here and they're healthy this year. You know, Ben, Roethlis ben Roethlisberger has Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant. He's got all of his star players. The Killer Bees are back, you know, in, in full form. And so... I, I, I really think that I should have picked him up, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm banking on, you know, intuition for what's going to be a good season just by what we've seen, and I, I still hope that the Steelers come out and win because they're my team. I got faith in them, and I think they can do it, but you never know. The offensive line always lets something stupid happen, and you can never tell anytime they play the Bengals. Anything could happen. I mean, geez, the Bengals are probably the dirtiest playing team in the NFL right now, and they hate the Steelers, so they try to injure them every time they play. Literally every time they play. And there's no way that anybody could defend that otherwise, because that is a fact. So, you know. But hey, we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season for my Fantasy League and for my Steelers. I think that they're going to, both teams will make something happen. I really, no matter what, though, I would, I would, I could stand to lose every single game in my fantasy season if it meant that the Steelers would win a Super Bowl. One hundred percent, they get that seventh ring. Oh gosh, it it wouldn't even matter to me. I'd, I'd, I would, I would take a fantasy loss on the chin if, if that's what it, if that's what it meant. So, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. But you know, nevertheless. It is what it is, and I think that it's gonna it's gonna turn out really well. Uh, I think either way, unless it's just a totally disastrous <laughs> season, and I just get the shaft every way around it. But you know, hopefully that that hopefully that's not the case. That's not what happens. But as we transition away from our opening night in football, which again was amazing. We are rounding the corner here. It's the second half of the year. We are we are laid into uh, the summer season. Matter of fact, fall is is pretty much here, which sucks, and I hate it. And I, I don't want fall to be here. I I would like it to be summer for the rest of my life. But you know, what are you gonna do? There's, from what I saw yesterday, I mean, there's three hurricanes in the Atlantic right now. Headed up there, Hurricane Irma is the 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 biggest, the fastest, the most dangerous recorded hurricane in recorded history. You know, since they've been mapping, doing satellite imaging of of hurricanes and stuff, like for the past like forty years, this is the most devastating one that they've ever seen, which is pretty insane to note. But it's going to be wild, man. Especially because people think you're in Kentucky, you're protected. Well, not with Irma. Not, not at least not this time, but you know we'll see. It will. I will have to wait. 
I'm rolling the dice, waiting to see how week one plays out, but I think that it's my best bet to really judge the rest of the year and see how things are going. I know the rest of the guys in my league are not, uh, they're not dumb enough to not play the waiver wire. Um, but I'm hoping that people will feel confident enough with their picks to not play it to the extent that they're, that Alex Smith and Carson Palmer are going to be gone. I'm hoping that they'll go for other big, big names like Tyrod Taylor and some of the other Carson Wentz, some of the other guys that are left. You know, last year the Patri or not the Patriots, but the um, last year the the Steelers played uh, Philadelphia and made Carson Wentz look like an all-star god. I mean, it made him look amazing. And so I'm hoping that you know maybe guys like that will will keep their points elevated and inflated, so that the light doesn't shine too bright on Alex Smith or Carson Palmer. But they're two consistent guys. They're both. They're probably going to average 15 points a game this season, so you can they can trust them. And um, everybody has a big game where they will go off and they'll get huge huge numbers. Everybody does. So I'm just hoping that you know it doesn't happen early on and nobody takes them. That's what I'm banking on. And I'm also banking on me being able to play them right, so that I can get them when they get those huge games. Um, I, I am a little disappointed in myself that I didn't draft Ben Roethlisberger because he would have been a really solid pick for me because all of his weapons are here and they're healthy this year. You know, Ben, Roethlis ben Roethlisberger has Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant. He's got all of his star players. The Killer Bees are back, you know, in, in full form. And so... I, I, I really think that I should have picked him up. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm banking on, you know, intuition for what's going to be a good season just by what we've seen. And I, I still hope that the Steelers come out and win because they're my team. I got faith in them and I think they can do it. But you never know. The offensive line always lets something stupid happen. And you can never tell anytime they play the Bengals. Anything could happen. I mean, geez, the Bengals are probably the dirtiest playing team in the NFL right now, and they hate the Steelers, so they try to injure them every time they play. Literally every time they play. And there's no way that anybody could defend that otherwise, because that is a fact. So, you know. But hey, we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season for my Fantasy League and for my Steelers. I think that they're going to, both teams will make something happen. I really, no matter what, though, I would, I would, I could stand to lose every single game in my fantasy season if it meant that the Steelers would win a Super Bowl. One hundred percent, they get that seventh ring. Oh gosh, it it wouldn't even matter to me. I I I would I would take a fantasy loss on the chin if if that's what it if that's what it meant. So, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. But you know, nevertheless. It is what it is, and I think that it's gonna it's gonna turn out really well. Uh, I think either way, unless it's just a totally disastrous <laughs> season, and I just get the shaft every way around it. But you know, hopefully that that hopefully that's not the case. That's not what happens. But as we transition away from our opening night in football, which again was amazing. We are rounding the corner here. It's the second half of the year. 
we are we are laid into uh, the summer season. Matter of fact, fall is is pretty much here, which sucks, and I hate it. And I, I don't want fall to be here. I I would like it to be summer for the rest of my life, but you know what are you gonna do? There's from what I saw yesterday, I mean, there's three hurricanes in the Atlantic right now, headed up there. Hurricane Irma is the 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 biggest, the fastest, the most dangerous recorded hurricane in recorded history. You know, since they've been mapping, doing satellite imaging of, of hurricanes and stuff, like for the past like 40 years, this is the most devastating one that they've ever seen, which is pretty insane to note, but... It's going to be wild, man. Especially because people think you're in Kentucky, you're protected. Well, not with Irma. Not, not, at least not this time. You know, they're projecting Hurricane Irma to smack right into Florida, cruise right up the East Coast, and then swing into the Midwest, basically, as soon as it gets north of Florida. Start heading that direction. They said the storm is going to spread pretty much over all of the East Coast, but it's going to dip into the Midwest which I consider Kentucky to be the Midwest, mostly just because if you consider Cleveland to be the Midwest, Kentucky 100% is the Midwest. So we might be the entry to the Midwest, but, you know, I, st I still think that we qualify. So it's gonna, we're going to get some of this weather. We're going to get some of this backlash, and personally, I'm not looking for it. I, and frankly, I'm kind of pissed about it because Hurricane Harvey... You know, first of all, not saying that I'm complaining about what we got because it could have been much worse. But at the same time, Hurricane Harvey has totally screwed up our entry into September. September in Kentucky is supposed to be 80 degrees, sunny, damn near summertime. You know, it's supposed to be good weather. It isn't supposed to get cold till October. Our entry into September has been cold, man. 40s and 50s at night. 60s low 70s it maybe if you're lucky low 70s during the daytime clear skies sun's out that's nice i appreciate that but still man i'm looking for hot weather dude i want some of that you know this kind of this sucks but we're supposed to get it back a little bit but then hurricane irma's coming it's gonna fuck the weather up some more and i'm not looking forward to that but it could be worse i could be living in texas or florida could be living in East Texas or Florida as a whole, because Florida's just going to get shit on. Tell you what, though, I hope nothing happens to Disney World. That would really suck. That's sort of, that's really what I'm banking on. Nothing happens to Disney World, because I love Disney way too much. So, but, you know, weather aside, it could be worse. You know, the worst thing that's happening to the world right now I guess technically could be the weather, but at least if you live in America, it's the weather. But we're we're laid in. I think as in America, the grand scope of things, people should probably be dedicated to disaster relief right now. Our next step should be changing the political climate, though. I just listened to, or I've listened to part of an interview with the, oh, is it Jason Demore? Whatever the guy's name is, Demore, the guy that got fired from Google for writing the memo, the memo about why women aren't in tech. The guy that got fired by Google once it got released to the public. Gosh, that's so pathetic. 
on Google's move. It's such a weak move. They have they have they have so little confidence in in the product that they're making that they think they've got to bend over backwards to accommodate these uh, snowflakes out there that are going to try to target this Demore kid for what he for what he said, which is factually true. Everything that he everything that he spoke on as far as why women aren't in tech is 100% based in science. It's 100% based in science and it was cited by science. It's all based in evolutionary psychology. 100%. And it's based in it's based in economic and demographic trends that are factual that could be researched. Now there are bullshit news sources, which I say bullshit news because they're not news. I mean, it's I guess you could maybe call it tech news, but Gizmodo is just as much snowflake news as they are tech news. You know, the only thing good about Gizmodo is, you know, you could see sort of what's going on with technology, but it's it's all spewed out with the same snowflake social justice warrior tone that I hate. But at the same time, that's the, they're one of the best places to get news, the tech news, aside from Engadget. So they've sort of courted the market, so to speak. Um... But, you know, whatever. But there are these stupid places, Gizmodo, I'm sure Jezebel was a part of it, I'm sure Salon was a part of it, um, I'm sure HuffPost was a part of it. You know, the, these ridiculous places that pander to the social justice warrior and Antifa members of the, of the U.S. Reposted it with no citations, acting like he was just saying it. Well, look at the, look at these misogynistic opinions he's throwing out about the women that work in the tech industry. Because I mean that's simply just not true. Because if you look at this objectively, if you check multiple sources for the article, if you check multiple sources for the document, for the memo, you'll find out that not only is it cited, but it's cited in scientific fact. And again, that's scientific fact. So the, all these people that say that like uh, everything that we have set up right now, uh, what people claim are, are, are sexism, you know, differences between the classes as far as men and women are concerned, are all a social construct. Those are people that are 100% ignoring the science, and they, they continue to see the, the, the hierarchy in business as what it, what it used to be 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago when it was dominated by white prejudiced men that didn't want women in the workplace unless they were taking notes or unless they were secretaries and they could tell them to wear short skirts and you know get bigger tits or, or quit you know like stuff like that you know that's how they're still choosing to see the world and they're not recognizing America as this place for business where it is the law that they have to hire other people there are laws that say that they've got to hire black folks. There's laws that say they got to hire Asian folks. There's laws that say they got to hire women and keep equal pay and stuff like that. And I'm not sure. I feel like I've probably talked about the, the, the gender pay gap myth because that is 100% what it is. It's a myth. The, the pay gap is 100% non-existent. So, um, well, maybe it's not non-existent, but it's like maybe five cents on the dollar. So... 
if you want to pick and choose about five cents, there are some people that say that that can be argued away, that it's not even really five cents, that there's reasons for that as well. But if you want to take it at face value and do the basic level of research, it's like five cents. And I'll give you five cents if you want to bitch about that. I'll give you five cents for every buck, whatever. Um, so there are laws that protect these things. So to act like there is this secret hierarchy that's trying to keep women down or there's trying to keep minorities down in the workplace, that's, that's, it's not true because the government doesn't allow it to happen. It's, it literally, it's illegal. It's literally illegal. And so to act like that's prevalent, that's, it's just simply not the case because you have to, you have to, if you're going to make a claim like that to say that there's a reason that there's not women in tech or that there's not a lot of minorities in tech, you know, minority women, whatever it is, you, you need, you have to crunch the numbers. You've got to be willing to look into it. You've got to be willing to look at the studies, look at the demographics, look at the trends and you've got to be able to extrapolate the real data and make a conclusion because right now people are just taking it at face value and they're saying well um google's current employee infrastructure is 20 percent women uh therefore or 20 percent female therefore google is uh google's clearly misogynistic workplace and uh they're oppressing women and that's what the problem is there needs to be a culture change when that's not the case, because every tech company in Silicon Valley follows that same demographic where they're 20% female workplace. That's the way that it is. And you'll notice that from the top down to the bottom, 20% of these women, or the, these 20% of women, are evenly dispersed throughout the workplace. There are women in the hierarchy just as there are women at the base level. And so it's not as if they're saying, well, there's only 20% of women allowed in. We'll take everybody, every race, but if you're a woman, we're only going to allow two out of every 10 of you. And so if that were the case, you would expect if it's a misogynistic culture that's trying to keep women oppressed and keep them out of the workplace, they would only represent the lower level of the society of the workplace. When again, you'll find if you look at it, that's simply not true because it's not a misogynistic culture in the first place. It's, it's pure coincidence based on the demographic. If you look at the demographic, what women are basing their culture or what women are basing their livelihood on, it's all based almost primarily in social work. There are women that are involved in tech because there's 20% of a market in there. There are women involved in the STEM fields because there are women that work in my STEM fields at, at, at my factory, at my plant. There's other engineers. You know, I mean, there, there's, uh, there's a, a few, few women that I work with that are great at their job. You know, Liz, I think, can uh, fly off the handle sometimes if you ask her the wrong question. But it's, I, I would like to think that that's just because she takes her actual job so seriously and it's, she's so passionate about it that she doesn't want to waste her time with anything else. And that's, that's good. That's a good quality to have. That's, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do this job, you, I think that you should have that drive and that passion. But nobody's forcing her to do anything, just like nobody forced her to not have this position. Because it's not a misogynistic culture that's doing anything. 
you have to really look at the facts. You have to look at the fact that there's more women in nursing, that there's more women that are that are uh, vets, that there's uh, vets as in veterinary uh, veterinarians, not like veterans, but more women that are vets, uh, more women that are social workers, more women that more women that are in childcare. You know, I mean that's just the way that it is. Well, here, take an example for you. When my wife was looking for a place to work. She would only go to a place to work for schools that would accept my daughter for enrollment because she did not want to work for a place and then send my daughter somewhere else where she couldn't have an eye on her just for safety's sake because you can't trust anybody. There's too many horror stories out there of, of bad, bad child care on any level from daycares all the way up to high school. And that makes sense to me. And so we went and we looked at this place in Berea and there was a man that was working there at this daycare um, where my wife was considering dropping my, taking my daughter to. And both of us, not just me, but both of us were like, wow, that's weird because you never see men working in daycare, whether it's, uh, whether it is simple child care, like literally what you would call daycare, dropping your, your baby or your toddler off. Or if it's daycare on the school level, taking care of little kids, there's just not many male teachers. There just aren't. Women dominate that field. Just like men dominate the tech industry because that's what they're more inclined and what they're more driven to do, more women are more inclined and more driven to do these other fields. And again, that that difference, that imbalance is what sort of perpetuates Again, the myth that is the gender pay gap, because again, it is a myth if you really dive deep and you figure out what causes there to be a gender pay gap. There, the, if there is one, it's 100% based on preference and lifestyle choice and has nothing to do with what's being forced upon you by this misogynistic culture that doesn't exist in the first place. So, you know, it... If, you, if you're really wanting to look at it, if you're really wanting to see it, to circle back, this Demore kid was only pointing out the facts. He's only pointing out what is set in stone by the research that has been done. It's very well-cited documentation, again, based in science, based on the demographics, and based in evolutionary psychology. Now, there is a big movement right now to dismiss evolutionary psychology, which I personally believe is... Uh, 100% a mistake because if you're dismissing evolutionary psychology, I think that that's, you're looking right at the phrase you know, learn from your history or doomed to repeat it we're looking right at that and laughing at it saying that'll never happen again we're too smart from that. Thinking, not choosing to acknowledge the fact that we are for all intents and purposes still just a big species of dumb monkeys that are figuring our way out yeah, we figured out how to build vehicles and computers and we can fly and we can go deep ocean and we can go into space. But really, in the grand scheme of things, if you think about how much we understand compared to how much we don't understand and what is unknown, we're, I mean, seriously, we might, just, we might be just a, a group of dumb monkeys that are just figuring this stuff out. And so you got to take that into account. When you're really looking into all this stuff, when you're when you're really weighing all of your options here, you really got to look at it hardcore. So, so um, 
personally, when I see it, I don't see anything wrong with this guy said. And to follow that up with why I don't see anything wrong with it, he wrote an extra page and a half that was how they could encourage women to get into tech. And so if this really is some big misogynistic plot and he's encouraging the oppression of women in the workplace and yada, 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 then why would he write a pretty well-articulated second half to this memo that has nothing to do but with this is what we can do to get more women into tech. This is what we can do to incentivize it and to make it a more attractive career choice. Because if the main goal is to keep women out of the tech industry, it it wouldn't make any, it would just make sense to take it again, take it for face value, see only the half of the argument that says these are why women are in it and then this is why women should not be in it instead of saying this is why women aren't in it but here's what we can do to get around these cultural i would say again cultural facts and sort of uh i don't want to say the i wouldn't for lack of a better term change the playing field you know because, I mean, they're, they're, everybody has value. Everybody has the potential, I should say, to bring value in the workplace. No matter if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're a tranny, if you're, sorry, I guess if tranny is a derogatory term, but whatever, if you're trans, if you're black, if you're white, if you're Asian, if you're Indian, if you're whatever you are, Mexican, what have you. Every color, every creed, every gender. Which, by the way, I only believe in a select few. But anyway, it's another argument. But still, everybody has the opportunity to bring value to the workplace. You get a job. You're expected to do a job. Everybody has an opportunity to be able to harness what is given to them and make the most out of it. And turn that opportunity into something great. Or build off of that opportunity and capitalize that opportunity to further their, th themselves. Everybody has that chance. There are some people who waste that chance. And they get into a job and they don't care about it. And they bitch and moan and complain. Or they just get into it and they just do a bad job. And they get fired because it's not what they're suited to do. It wasn't their time. That role wasn't for them. It happens to everybody. Or it happens to some people at least. But there's some people that get in there, again, no matter what color you are and no matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever, there are some people that get in there and they thrive in that opportunity and they make something of themselves and they create great opportunities for themselves and for their company to improve longevity. And that's a big deal. Everybody has that opportunity. Now, just because it so happens that there's only certain sexes that do certain things, that doesn't mean that there's a target on anybody's back that's saying, well, um, you know, here in the tech industry, we only allow two out of every ten people to be women, so the rest of you are getting shot down. Just like there's not a target on everybody's back in uh, the field of education where well, we only we allow a majority of women to be our teachers and not men so the rest of you men we're gonna shoot you down that doesn't happen that's that is a non-existent factor if there is if there's a misogyny 
in the tech industry to keep women out, then where's the opposite side of that to keep men out of the field of education? Because if it's clearly the case with women in tech, then it has to be inversely the clear case with men in the education system. That's the only way that it works, right? If we're if we're if we're gonna deny all of the numbers, apply Occam's razor to it, I guess a shitty form of Occam's razor, and say that it's misogyny that keeps women out, it's gotta be the reverse that keeps men out of the education system. But all of a sudden, when you put it like that, it's not fair. That's not the way that it works. That's again, that's another misogynistic uh, cultural norm that was been set up by by white male privilege that only women can be teachers. That why that's why the field is dominated by women because it's it's uh it's a lesser for a, men, a view it's it's a lesser view for a men to for a man to teach than a woman to. And it's like, come on, man, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have it both ways. That's not the way that it works. And again, it's that's not the way that it works because it's not true to begin with because it's dumb. You know, the big thing again that sort of is an overarching fact about all of this stuff, all of these problems, quote unquote problems that we claim to have here in the West, in the United States is the the fact that it's the 21st century. It's 2017. This is America. We have laws that protect the regular person from a misogynistic culture, from, you know, corporate and uh, uh, systemic racism on the corporate level. There's laws that protect that. And so to act like it's an issue, at least on that scale is obscene. There are racist people, fact. There are racist people that have jobs, fact. There are racist people who have jobs that happen to be in a higher up position, fact. That does not make the company racist. That does not mean the company has racial tendencies. There are people that believe women should only do certain things fact. There are people that believe women should only do certain things in the workplace. Fact. There are women, there are people that believe women should only do certain things in the workplace who happen to have a position in that workplace that is higher up, that's in the hierarchy. Fact. That does not mean the company is a misogynistic company that is only promoting the gain of men, and in particular, white men. Because there are rules that and laws that protect that from happening. We, we again, as I've said before, live in a bubble where this stuff does not affect the United States on that scale. We have problems on a small cultural level. There are, there are cultural disagreements and cultural uh, differences that keep us from achieving a lot of peace and unity and really goals that really we should be achieving by now as humanity. There, there, there are things that are in place. But those are small cultural values that are not held in the workplace because they're not seen as relevant because they don't make anybody any money. When it comes down to it, capitalism is about the dollar. When you look at a list 
When you look at a list of names on a piece of paper and see what their name is, you see how much money they want, you see how much money they could stand to make you, you don't have to know if they're a man or a woman, if they're black or white. You're going to see, you're going to take who's going to make me the most money and who's going to let me pay them the cheapest, and that's who you're going to take. At the end of the day, that's what capitalism is about. That's what, that's what it is for. It is about the almighty dollar. And the almighty dollar does not discriminate if you're black or white or a man or a woman. And that's a fact. Money spends the same and money makes the same no matter what you're doing it. That's why you can be a millionaire off a Fortune 500 company or you could be a millionaire drug lord because money spins and makes the same no matter what. There's a market for everything. All you've got to do is find your place in the market. So to act like the system is designed and pitted against you on an institutional level or on a grand scale level systemically, it's obscene. It's ridiculous. There are instances where that is where where that happens on this in in these structures, in these social structures. But to act like the social structure is designed to cater towards that is is ridiculous. And if you believe in that, personally, I think that you are only believing in that because you're only taking it for either the rare cases or you're seeing an instant for face value and you're just taking that and, and, and spreading it across uh, an entire field. You know, you're painting a picture by only being able to see one piece. You're, 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 you're painting an imitation of a picture based on seeing the original through a pinhole or through a keyhole, whatever. That's, that's what's going on. That's what's happening. You're painting the Mona Lisa black because you only got to see that she had black hair. That's it. And I mean the entire picture, not just a black chick. But you know, like I've said before, everybody has everybody has the right to feel and think the way that they want. Whether it's wrong or it's right, if it's based in fact, if it's based in fiction, if it's 100% opinion, whatever. Everybody's got a right to develop their own conclusion however they choose to do so but i think that there does have to be a clear line drawn between when somebody is drawing a conclusion that's based in something that they really believe in versus somebody that's drawing a conclusion based on something that they believe in because they did the research to get there in the first place you know what i mean and i think that we're on a dangerous, we're on a slippery slope right now because there's too many people who are acting off of opinion and feeling and that's it. And they're, they're using that to get, to stake a claim and they're not basing it in any real fact or evidence. They're just taking it for what it is, for the way that they feel, for something that they heard on Facebook or that they saw on Twitter and they're saying, well, that's the case, that's what it is, that's wrong, it's convenient that I feel this way about it, and that's just the way that it is. Well, that's that's not how it works and that's not how it should work. There's, you know, there's, there's things in place to keep bad stuff like that from happening. And there are, there are instances of bad stuff like that happening across the board, no matter what field or workplace or profession you're in, that's how it is, and um, there's just bad people. 
That's And that, unfortunately, is the way that the world works. They're just bad people. But to act like that's the system, to act like it's the system's fault, no. It's not the system's fault. I'm sorry that you feel that way. At least give me a chance to try to re-educate you or to at least try to prove to you that that's not the case, that that's not what the numbers show. Try to look at, try to look at it with, at, with you know, a, as impartial and unbiased a viewpoint as possible. Search out the objective truth and really figure out what it is that's that's causing these instances in the first place instead of just pointing out to the system as a whole and saying it's it's because it's designed to target these people in a negative way because in the world that we live in there's no room for that in big business so there's there's not going to nobody's going to really want to lean in that direction because it, like I said it's all about making money it's about and it's about the people who can make money who can make the most money the fastest and for the least amount of money to start off with and I feel like not enough people are recognizing that and seeing that but again you know all, all, all I can do is sort of tell you what I think and what's out there and hope that I base it in enough reason and sometimes enough fact to be able to persuade you to at least look into it to yourself. If you don't want to believe me, fine. But at least take the initiative yourself, if you don't feel the same way as me, to look into it to at least try to, again, gain that objective truth. At least do the due diligence. Because the first time I ever heard about this was on Gizmodo and I, I personally I already know not to trust Gizmodo for everything that they write because they are a biased news source but the first time I read it was on Gizmodo and then that was when I looked into it and did the research and found out how uh, they were demonizing what this kid wrote and how what they were saying he wrote wasn't actually it and then he he based it in science and in and in the facts and in the demographics and that's what we, we have to do. We have, if we're going to make an opinion or if we're going to state something as a factual claim, we have to make sure that all the evidence has been taken into account. And, you know, and science changes every single day, but social sciences are based in trends. And that's what he based his claim on was the trend. And so I'm totally open to changing the trend. And so was he, because like I said, he wrote a page and a half about how we can change that trend. But... We have to see it for what it is and analyze every part of it, not just take excerpts and misquote things and then move on, because that's not going to benefit anybody anywhere. But like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really just my opinion. I can only hope that I do enough to at least get you to look into it yourself so that you could at least try to come to some middle ground or some better understanding about it in the first place. But... Again, I can't force you to. You got a right to do whatever you want, feel whatever you want, think whatever you want. And that's the great thing about this country. We're so free, you've got the right to be wrong, and nobody nobody can, can hurt you for it. You know? That's just the way that it is. So, thanks for uh, tuning in again today, guys. I, um, I really appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate the support no matter how minimal it is out there. 
if you have anything for me, if you've got any commentary, any uh, criticisms, any uh, topics, any tips, any subjects, any whatever you got for me, I'm willing to take it all. I appreciate everything. You can always hit me up at the real DA Perry on Twitter, um, or you can hit me up, you know, emails if you, if you want to. Um, you know, the DA Perry at gmail.com, at hotmail.com, at yahoo.com. I got all three of them. I appreciate it. Anything you can give me, let me know where you heard me. And, um, you know, if you've got something that you've want to, if you've got something that you want to say, if you got, if you want to be a part of it, let me know. And I, I'll try to do whatever I can to make it work to where I can, we can, you know, do a small panel on it. I, I would, you know, if you've got something that you want to rehash with me, let me know. I'm totally open to it because I, I say what I feel. I say what I believe in, but if you've got enough evidence to persuade me otherwise, I'm totally open to it. I'm not set in stone on anything because, um, as our good friend Kenny Wells would recite, a bird with no feet sleeps on the wind. And and that's me. I'm in the wind. I'm all about the chase. I'm all about the the, the next big thing and the next the next new piece of knowledge. So let me let me know what you got, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great day. But like I said, I mean at the end of the day, it's really just my opinion. I can only hope that I do enough to at least get you to look into it yourself so that you could at least try to come to some middle ground or some better understanding about it in the first place. But again, I can't force you to. You got a right to do whatever you want, feel whatever you want, think whatever you want. And that's the great thing about this country. We're so free, you've got the right to be wrong and nobody nobody can, can hurt you for it. You know? That's just the way that it is. So, thanks for uh, tuning in again today, guys. I um, I really appreciate it, um, and I appreciate the support, no matter how minimal it is out there. If you have anything for me, if you've got any commentary, any uh, criticisms, any uh, topics, any tips, any subjects, any whatever you got for me. I'm willing to take it all. I appreciate everything. You can always hit me up at the real DA Perry on Twitter. Um, or you can hit me up, you know, emails if you, if you want to, um, you know, the DA Perry at gmail.com at hotmail.com at yahoo.com I got all three of them I appreciate it anything you can give me let me know where you heard me and um, you know if you've got something that you've want to if you've got something that you want to say if you got if you want to be a part of it let me know and I, I'll try to do whatever I can to make it work to where I can we can you know do a small panel on it I, I would you know if you've got something that you want to rehash with me let me know I'm totally open to it because I I say what I feel I say what I believe in but if you've got enough evidence to persuade me otherwise I'm totally open to it I'm not set in stone on anything because um, as our good friend Kenny Wells would recite a bird with no feet sleeps on the wind. And and that's me. 
I'm in the wind. I'm all about the chase. I'm all about the 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 next big thing and the next the next new piece of knowledge. So, let me let me know what you got, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great day.